1: well hello hello and to a podcast but a podcast with a different distinction it's me off the cuff talking about everything that i love artistically usually it will be segregated to literature novels books and films but not only that it may be a time where i talk upon cultural things most specifically within the art medium My, whether it's movie news book news culturally what's going on it's literally a podcast about a man on his own staring at the four walls and just thinking what am i it's not a rot! it's an articulate warbling hey everyone welcome back to black clock audio tales i'm your host and editor producer db spitzer Today we're going to be talking about Beowulf or Anglo-Saxon sonnets or something dealing with uh, Old English. So stay tuned uh, or check the show notes and find out specifically what we're going to be talking about. If you want to keep the show going, help support the show, help uh, help keep it on the air. Uh, why not go to pgttcm.podbean.com and become a member of our patrons? Also, look out for upcoming projects. We always have something going on. Become a member of one of our cults: uh, the T-shirt cult, the sticker cult, the uh, I don't know. You know, hey. Um, also, you could support us by going to paypal.me/pgttcm. Or just telling people about us or supporting us and being our friends on social media. Instagram, Black Clock Audio Tales, uh, People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, Black Clock Audio Tales on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but I don't do much with it occasionally. I do stuff, but hey, that's about it. So here we go with some Anglo-Saxon Old English talkity stuff.
0: Sonnets 30 to 38. 30. In 688, Cadwalla travelled to Rome on pilgrimage. Some years after, two other Anglo-Saxon kings, Kenred of Mercia and Offa of Essex, resigned their crowns, pilgrimage to Rome, and became monks. Offa is described as a most amiable youth. A.D. 883, and that same year, Sighelm and Athelstan went to India on pilgrimage to St. Thomas and St. Bartholomew. See Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. The Pilgrim, One Peace, peace is what I crave, The last best gift man seeks on earth. For joy I ask not now, it sitteth ill upon a furrowed brow, As o'er life's ebbing sea away I drift. Off to the spirit land mine eyes I lift, And ask if there be peace. If there at last to calm shall sink Fierce passion's howling blast, It now from point to point doth only shift. I have done all that I was told to do, Barefooted, lonely, I have gone my way. My fearful pilgrimage is travelled through, Yet I remember but one peaceful day. It was when in my face a little child, whose lamb I saved, looked into it, and smiled. 31. Svein, the eldest son of Godwin, and brother to Harold the Saxon, to obtain peace to his guilty conscience, walked with naked feet from Flanders to Jerusalem. Six years before he had murdered his cousin Bjorn, but it is not to any particular person I refer in the three sonnets entitled The Pilgrim. They are but an endeavour to give utterance to thoughts that may have passed through many minds. The Pilgrim too. Have I done well the priest alone to hear? Are there no teachers but the tongues of men? No voices on the mountains, in the glen? No tones but enter by the outward ear? my heart ne'er conjured up such shapes of fear as men have pictured to me nature tells another story in her silent dells there to mine eye hath come the unbidden tear they told me of my immortality i felt it on the mountains he who reared their giant framework he too moulded me and the enduring to my soul endeared and voices sound as from the deeps of space. Still ever onward, upward, is thy race. 32. It must be admitted that nowhere did Christianity make a deeper or more lasting impression than in England. Not only do we see the high nobles and the near relatives of kings among the bishops and archbishops, but kings themselves, warlike and fortunate kings, suddenly, and voluntarily renouncing their temporal advantages, retiring into monasteries, and abdicating their crowns, that they may wander as pilgrims to the shrines of the apostles in Rome. Well-descended men cannot rest until they have carried the tidings of redemption into barbarous lands, a spectacle which compels us to believe in the deep, earnest, conscientious spirit of self-sacrifice and love of truth, which characterised the nation. Kemble's Saxons in England. The Pilgrim, 3. I will resign thee to the earth again, thou mouldering skull. To ever muse on thee fits not a soul for its high destiny. Changed by the sunbeam and the gentle rain, I shall perchance behold thee on the plain, a many-coloured flower, and thou shalt tell thy tale of change, not death, and in my cell By the deep meaning cross thy place regain. I mused on death until the world appeared, One mighty charnel-house. I read decay on rock and flower alike, All nature weird of doom. But now through life I take my way, Changed amid changing things. Another fate would leave the heart lone, Seared and desolate. 33. Alfred of Northumbria, whom Edius calls the most wise, was educated by Wilfrid. His youngest brother being raised to the throne by the Northumbrian Wittener, he retired into Ireland that he might there pursue his studies in religion and philosophy. After fifteen years of retirement, he was called to the throne on the death of his brother Egfrid in 684. Alfred of Northumbria, 1. Retirement First of the Saxon kings whom learning led from courts and camps onto her sacred cell, and bid him there in studious quiet dwell. The crown that almost glittered on his head, the power for which men toil and sin, all fled, like shadows of unreal things before the prophet's song, the sage's thoughtful lore and high communings with the mighty dead. Thus years passed by, and not in vain they passed. Stronger his mind, and purer grew his heart, and when to life's stern work he comes at last, not back from duty doth he idly start. He who hath learnt obedience in his youth is fit to rule, and judge himself of truth. 34. 34. Though Alfred was attached to the studies of the clergy, he was not their undiscriminating instrument. He had made his early instructor Wilfred a bishop, but when, in his opinion, that prelate was unduly pressing points which he disapproved, he remained immovable in what he thought right. Nor could the urgencies of Pope John the Seventh shake his determination. He reigned over the province which his knowledge enlightened and his virtues cherished for nineteen years. See Sharon Turner's History of the Anglo-Saxons. Alfred of Northumbria, 2. Self-Reliance And so he did, nor weakly bowed his mind to priest or prelate. He has earned the right to think and act alone by inner might. The pleasant memories of the past were twined with Wilfred's name, but not e'en that could bind the self-reliant one, or make him yield his mental freedom. And if that but shield, the soul an onward upward way will find. Freedom of mind, it is a thing unknown. Chains strong as adamant, unseen as air, around our spirits, and they least will own the bondage, who have learnt the chain to wear, till of themselves it hath become a part gnawing and rusting to the inmost heart 35 in 627 paulinus built the first christian church in northumbria it was of wood and also another of stone at lincoln in 676 benedict erected the monasteries of weirmouth and jarrow wilfred who had traveled to rome Built in 709 the Church of Ripon, and one at Hexham, which was superior to any building on this side the Alps. The Abbey of Croyland was erected on a vast number of piles of oak and alder, on account of the marshy nature of the ground, and earth was brought in boats nine miles to be mixed with the timber and marsh, to complete the foundation. It was built in 716, The Monastery Not useless in that age of war and strife Rose in the sheltered vale the sacred pile. There might the homeless stranger rest awhile, Or peaceful merchant scape the robber's knife. There the crushed heart might seek again for life, For there are crimes and woes The heart and God alone should know, And cloisters might be trod by feet That slid on paths with pleasure rife. The man of action, and the man of thought, alike are needful for a nation's weal. In softer times may other selves be sought than could be found in days of Saxon steel. But when the northern Viking rode the wave, the cloister was a home, and not a grave. 36. The betrothed husband of Ethelburga had been treacherously murdered by her father, Offer of Mercia she fled from her home to the Abbey of Croyland. Many years after, she saved the life of Wiglath, King of Mercia, by concealing him in her cell from the search of Egbert, until the negotiations of the Venerable Abbot of Croyland effected a reconciliation between them. A.D. 777 Ethelberger. Home, love, and faith in God and man were gone, She neither hoped nor feared to live or die. Around her pressed a chilling vacancy, And through it ever sounded but one tone, The knell of the young heart, thou art alone. She fled, and he who guides the swallow's wing O'er pathless oceans to the climes of spring, To the one goal still left, guided the wanderer on. And there the storm-uprooted flower revived, and blossomed in pale beauty, and the heart learned that its holiest treasures yet survived, and earthly things still claimed of it a part, till in her narrowed sphere of life at rest she made of earth a spot more bright and blessed. 37. The Anglo-Saxon freemen were often servants, but their rights and liberties were protected by law whoever put a freeman into bonds was to forfeit twenty shillings. He might lose his freedom by crime. One thus reduced to slavery was called a white thio, a penal slave. The Benighted Chawl Through the bare forest rushes past the wind. Autumn's last leaves are trampled into clay, and the night closes o'er a gloomy day. Woe to yon chawl, Who o'er the moors must find his way alone. He hears, though far behind, Amid the hurried pauses of the blast, The wolf's long howl. Speed on, thy strength may last, And the limbs prove as faithful as the mind. Inured to danger, strong from active toil, This was no thing to daunt his hardy soul. Yet had it fears that in a viewless coil, bound it within a dread and stern control. He stops, though speed is life, before his sight a phantom rises from the realm of night. 38. The principal duties of the Saxon Witenagemot were to determine the succession to the throne, to make laws conjointly with the king, and assist him in making military preparations. Impeachments of great men were made before the Wittener, and examinations made by it into the state of the churches, monasteries and their possessions. Grants of land were made and confirmed, and inquiries made respecting the morals of the clergy. In 903, an elderman stated that his title deeds had been destroyed by fire, and applied to the Wittener to have new ones, which were ordered to be made out to him, as nearly similar to the former as memory could make them. THE a MEETING AT EASTER T'was early spring. The yellow catkins waved upon the willows by the Thames' clear stream. For then untainted in the sunny beam, deep still and full it flowed. Then shy birds laved in its pure waters, and the lilies paved its surface with broad leaves and golden flowers. FOR TIME TO NATURE GIVES HIS DIFFERENT DOWERS, WHAT SHE HAD ONCE SHE NEVER MORE MUST CRAVE. SLOW WINDING BY THOSE SILENT BANKS APPEARED, high-born ELDERMEN, THANE AND UNCOUTH KNIGHT, GRAVE CITIZENS FOR WISDOM TOO REVERED, CHOSEN TO PLEAD BEFORE THE GREAT FOR RIGHT, AND GUARD ALIKE WITH CARE THEIR COUNTRY'S WEAL, FROM HIDDEN TREASON, OR FROM DANISH STEEL. End of part four.